Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Good book? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, because I suddenly went blind. Oh, that. Just reports. From Commander Cullen. You're an excellent liar. It's of no interest to you, I'm certain. It's a book. I can see that. It's one of Varric's tales. Swords and Shields. The latest chapter. The latest chapter? Meaning you've read them all? Not since this all began. We've been busy. That's a favorite book. Nobody asked you to venter. I couldn't finish the last one you lent me. I actually feel dumber having read it. It's literature. Smutty literature. Whatever you do, don't tell Varric. Me? No, I'd never. <sighs> They're terrible and magnificent. And this one ends in a cliffhanger. I know Varric is working on the next. He must be. You, you could ask him to finish it. Command him to. Pretend you don't know this about me. Class is back in session, and this week I'm joined by guest professor of Draconic Gerontology, my personal friend and producer over at Annapurna Interactive, Miss Kelsey Hansen. How's it going, Kelsey? Hello, I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. It's snowing outside right now, and I'm, I'm enjoying my coffee, and I'm ready to talk about uh, some dragons. How about you? Um, same. I'm enjoying my coffee. It is not snowing here in Los Angeles, but... <laughs> Um, it's very nice out today, actually. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. You've been awfully busy with your PAX attendance and everything and all that lately. So I thank you again just for taking time out of your hectic schedule and your day off to, to talk nerd with me. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. So, uh, little, uh, so where did you kind of get your start with, Dragon Age as a series, and specifically Inquisition. So I remember, I think I was in college uh, when I played this game. I hadn't played the previous one um, before this one, and I remember starting to play this, and I was so immersed in the world. Um, and I played it so many times through, like, I don't even, I've lost count of how many times I've played this game just because of the, you know, the branching storylines and the kind of different answers you can give and the different relationships you can build. Um, but yeah, I remember being in school and every time after class, I would like rush back. I don't remember what I played it on. I feel like I might have played it on, was it on Xbox at the time? Yeah, it was on 360, PS3, PS4, and Xbox One. Yeah. This came out back in 2014, so I think it was after we were done with college. 
It was after Michigan State. Oh, you're right. Maybe I played it after that then. I don't know. I remember it's been, I feel like aging is just kind of a blur. So all timing is just, but, um, so maybe I didn't play it in college. I actually don't remember. I remember playing Mass Effect in college. Yeah. Um, so I must've played this on PlayStation the first time I played it. Um, but yeah, I played it so, so many times. Um, and it was just one of those games that I would always go back to no matter what, like if I was playing a different game that kind of, um, I just lost interest in, or maybe finished a short one, I would always just go back to Dragon Age and replay it. So yeah, it's just one of my favorites. Nice. Nice. And for you listeners to get your mind back in the, the same mindscape from when this came out and give you an idea Originally, this game came out back on November 18th of 2014, and there are a couple other games that came out that year as well. We got the original Destiny from Bungie. Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor came out and surprised everybody. Dark Souls 2 came out. Diablo Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls came out and really made Diablo 3 good. Uh, South Park Stick of Truth was a hilarious easy RPG. Broken Age came out. We got Smash Brothers for Wii U. Hearthstone started taking over. Divinity Original Sin. The Master Chief Collection came out. The Banner Saga. Tales from the Borderlands. And also Borderlands the Pre-Sequel. So do, did you play any of those as well, Kelsey, that year? Um, I did play Shadow of Mordor. And I remember being very, very shocked at how great it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I didn't play any of the other ones. I think I I played, um, I really like playing indie games. So I think like Valiant Hearts was something I was playing then. Um, what else? Unfinished. Very good game. Transistor. Like those kind of games mm-hmm. uh, I was playing. And I think, I correct me if I'm wrong, but that one um, Last of Us game came out. The Ellie side story. Left Behind. Was that in 2014? Uh, I don't know. Let me check. Maybe it was. But yeah, I played, um, I play a lot of indie games. So I didn't play a lot of those except for Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor because that was really, really great. And I played a little bit of Destiny, but it wasn't, wasn't my jam. Okay. Yeah, it took a little while. Uh, yes, it did come out in uh, 2014, Left Behind. Yeah, that one I do remember. That was a really good one. And I played um, Infamous. uh, Oh, Second Son? Yeah. Good game. Good games. But yes, we are here to talk about Dragon Age, and you touched a bit about your experience with Dragon Age, and um, what was your first, like, playthrough? Like, who was... What did you opt for? Because for those of you that might not have played, there's a bunch of different classes you can play as and specializations, and you can kind of... it role-playing-esque. You can choose how you want to react in Bioware fashion. So what did... If you remember, Kelsey, mm-hmm. how did you play your initial playthrough? Well, so as I incorrectly remember playing it after classes in college... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, it must have been I remember playing it after work when I was a youngster. Um, I believe I was a female elf. Uh, I think I was an elf every time I played. I don't even think I tried other um, races. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I love the the female voice actress for um, that game. It's a. Uh, I I would always go elf too. Like I, I'm mo- I was always more of a, a range character. I love kind of the rogue and range classes from these mm-hmm. games. So I would always rock the uh, the rogue. Usually longer range. Yeah, and I wanted to be able to to be magical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you got to be like majestic. You can't not be majestic as fuck when you're an elf. You know, yeah. it's just it goes with the territory. Especially your first time through, I was just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be magical, and I'm gonna be really nice to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> A goody goody, basically. Exactly, and then like the second time cl- through, I'd be like more harsh and intense, and then try to see what happens there. Now, I have this issue where I can start, like, I can go in and create a character thinking, I'm going to be a asshole this time, you know? Mm-hmm. But it never works out. I always feel bad when I start picking the angry or evil choices. Do you ever play through as, like, the bad one? Like, the evil kind of hard ass? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like, like, generally with RPGs and just being able to immerse yourself as a character for an extended period of time, I usually like to go in it first time playthrough, like, nice, just try to see where that goes, be the goody two-shoes, be, like, the good leader. And then I always like to play it again as something completely different from what I actually am, so... In Dragon Age, I was really harsh. I didn't fall in love with anyone. I just tried to be like an insanely harsh and intense leader. Um, and that's the same with like Mass Effect when you go through again or Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2. Like I always went in the second time being like, all right, I'm just going to be a dick this round. <laughs> <laughs> take take uh, some of those feelings from stressful feelings from work and just general life and just let you be an asshole, you know? So yeah. like, just. Those pent-up frustrations let them out. Yeah, and I'm not usually an asshole, or at least I try not to be. Oh, no. When games, it's just like, I'm going to be something I'm not this time. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, this game is huge. Like, there is so much you can do, and there's crafting, there's romances, there's side quests galore, there's, like, secret bosses and things you can do with the high dragons. What is it? about Dragon Age Inquisition especially for you that ha- that has gripped you so, um, that brings you back so much or brought you back so much? Yeah, I think it's um, honestly the characters. Like I played through, I remember when I played through, I just kind of fell in love with this group of kind of outcasts that came together. And same with like movies. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, like those kind of movies that just bring these kind of ragtag group of people together. Um, mm-hmm. I really loved the characters. I remember also the first time I played through, I didn't really get to see Cole's uh, story that much or um, what's his name, Dorian? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Dorian's story. Um, And the first time I played through, I was like, I wonder what these characters' stories are because I really kind of focused on Iron Bull just because I love him so much. Um, And Cassandra and Varric. Um, But the characters definitely drew me in at least the first time. And then the second time I was like, I really want 100% this game, which I didn't end up doing because my cloud crashed on my PlayStation. I lost 65 hours of my game. Um, But 
Yeah, definitely the characters. I just think they're so wonderful and their stories are so well crafted and it just makes me want to go in for more every time and figure out just where they come from and what their backstories are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it about Iron Bull that you that you liked so much? Like, why is he he's your favorite? You mentioned he's your favorite character, right? Yeah, Iron Bull's my favorite and probably Cole as well because I just, he's I've played it through so many times and still he's such a mystery. Like, I just, he's, and I love his humor. He would make me laugh while I was playing. Um, but Iron Bull, I just found really fascinating because he's such an intense fighter who's very closed off and doesn't really like to talk about his personal life. And as my, as the Inquisitor role, I was like determined to become his friend and just like find out more about him. Um, and that says a lot in a game where you want to spend more time on one character because you're just interested right off the bat off this character. Um, he had a great sense of humor. He was one of the fighters that I always took with me on every quest pretty much just because he was really strong. Um, and Freddie Prince Jr. is the voice. I mean, you just really? can't. Yeah. I mean, you can't get any better than that, really. <laughs> <laughs> what a strange pick like i can't picture freddie prince jr as a big buff canary warrior i know i thought the same i like uh I, I because i was so into film and tv um whenever i played a game i was like man i just want to figure out who the voice actors are and i was just looking through and i was like what freddie prince jr and that made me of course want me to play it again because i was like okay i have to hear him i have to hear iron bull with freddie prince jr in mind and that was just very, very fascinating. He was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it was a great character. I think the voice cast in this game in general was was really well done and really spot on. I loved I love that they got the voice actor for Varric back from Dragon Age Two and, and I know you mentioned you hadn't played Dragon Age Two, but yeah, seeing I, no. characters come back. Mm-hmm. So had you played the f- origin before? No. I'd o I still have only played Inquisition. Really? Yeah. So many times. <laughs> You'd think I would go back and like play all of them. Interesting. Like, this is a fantastic game, and Dragon Age 2 I have some issues with, but Origins I'm surprised you haven't played. Because I, yeah. I feel like Inquisition is much more Origins-like than it is just in terms of choices and things you can do than it is Dragon Age 2. But I would, I would recommend it. I would recommend Origins. No, I'll definitely get into it. I have heard from people. Um, they really liked Oranges, Origins. It's same as you that they had some issues with the second one. But um, yeah, I'll definitely need to go back and play that. One day when we don't have to make a living and, you know, work and have adult responsibilities, right? Exactly. At, at retirement, <laughs> you know, yeah, when we're yeah. 70. Perfect. That'll be great. I'll get back to you. I'm sure it'll age well. Well, yeah, when we're both like retired, we'll we'll do a a recap and I'll see how your uh, your thoughts have what you remember anyway. Yep, I'll finally have played it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um so what's your favorite kind of class that you I know you mentioned how your first playthrough you love being the goody goody magic elf magic elf. Mm-hmm. What about like what's your go to like your favorite class to play as? Is it the magic user like the mage? Yeah, I pretty much played that every single time. Um, actually, not pretty much. I did. I played it every single time. Um, yeah, I played uh, Mage every time I played. I, I think I tried once to play as a dwarf, 
but I just didn't get the same experience. I just really liked using the magic aspect in the game. Mm-hmm. Just thinking back, like for this episode, I reloaded, I reinstalled and reloaded one of my old saves, and um, it was one. It was, I think, it was my second character I made. It was an elf rogue archer kind of playthrough, and I started exploring and. I hadn't gotten super far into that playthrough yet. It was, I was still at Haven. It hadn't been attacked and all that crazy stuff went down. So it was just, I forgot how just big and how much you can just explore and take your time with, with Inquisition. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, and that's why I say like, I, I did go back and play it a few times because the first time I played it, I just followed kind of the main story and um, the characters that I was interested in. And then like a while break in between playthroughs, I went back and played it again and I would uncover things that I had no idea existed in my first playthrough. Um, I don't even think I had found all of the like team party members. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did. I don't. I don't think the first time I did... I really got into Dorian very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, I did not at all get into Varric's side quest uh, of going into his, um, that dwarven world behind the waterfall. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even uncovered that in my first playthrough. And I hadn't even uncovered the high dragons in my first playthrough. So I was just mystified the second time. I was like, there's like a whole other game in here that I hadn't even touched. Yeah. Speaking of that, did you dabble in the multiplayer any at all? No, I did not at all. I also was it just was it just um randomized online or could you play with friends? I didn't even uh, touch you could you could party up with friends, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um no, I didn't even do that. I just stuck to playing with no one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I think I probably went online maybe once or twice when the game first came out but after that it did nothing for me it didn't really grab me so it was like ah eh, whatever i'm not playing dragon age for multi for a multiplayer experience yeah I, I yeah i didn't even i didn't even go there for that one it was funny you touched on the the high dragons i remember i was just randomly walking around questing exploring some forests and i stumbled upon one and on my first playthrough i was like what is that <laughs> oh god everybody's dying ready everybody's dying <laughs> this was a mistake i should not have fired my arrow at it Oops. yeah okay. all you're doing is just running back and forth healing everyone that's all yeah. you're doing oh uh, it was and with that character he was a um sword and shield fighter or uh warrior mm-hmm. but oh gosh yeah it was, intense. it was such a mix of fear and awe at that point because it was like this is so cool that this is in and I'm dying so very fast. Yeah, I had to just go. I had to leave and just level up all my characters and then mm-hmm. head back. And then by then you find out there's another one. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to have to keep doing this. And quick. another. And another. <laughs> and another one. And another one. Yeah, I think there was, what, like eight of them or something? There was a I, bunch oh, of them. I found all of them still. And how the, each one of them had like different uh different attributes to it or like different strengths like some would be a fire dragon some would be ice or spirit and it's just like whoa this is nuts Mm -hmm. they were so beautiful too i just i just love that game so much 
I will warn you that after talking about a game, speaking from experience and having recorded like 14 of these episodes at this point, you will want to go back and replay this game after our conversation. Like after talking about it and like reliving the memories, you will be like, I don't care what I'm playing right now. I need, I, I want to go back and play this game again. I do. I want to, because I need to, I like, I, I really, really want to 100% that game. I've always wanted to, and I was getting so close. Um, I think it was like two years ago I was playing it through again, but my cloud saves were gone for literally everything. Um, it was on my old PS4 before I got my PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. And it just, my PS4 was on its last legs, and it just conked out, and I lost everything. And so I haven't picked it up since because I was so salty about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's such a gut-wrenching feeling having that happen. Yeah. It's, it's oh. like, it's oddly an extremely emotional experience yeah. <laughs> when you lose saves. Oh, man. Especially, I find, in RPGs, and especially more Western-style RPGs, where it's very much your choices affect what's going on. Bioware, for the most part, um, especially older Bioware, were experts at this. So even though they are just character models i mean it's, it is just game characters you develop such a relationship and bond with the characters you're playing and and it's your world and it just gets destroyed and it's it is emotional and games will do it to you you know yeah and i think like people who don't play games um and maybe who like love movies would yeah. enjoy games like this because or mass effect or any kind of game oh, yeah. where you kind of get to be that character for an extended period of time. I just think, yeah, people who don't play games should just try them because it's just such a completely different experience than watching a movie, mm-hmm. which is why we could get into a whole other conversation about video games becoming movies. But um, it's just special. And so mm-hmm. like that experience that you've been doing for so long is taken away abruptly. It's sad. It is it's- sad. And the like that's why growing up and even still to this day with rpgs especially and no really any game with a really strong narrative to it this one or a dragon quest final fantasy what have you mm-hmm. i get to like i can put 60 hours into a game and when it's the last dungeon or you get that pop-up it's like oh you're about to there's no turning back after this point it's the last dungeon mm-hmm. yada yada it's like i have to like I pause like I can't finish it right away a lot of times because I don't want that experience to end and it is so emotional where when you do get to the end it's like you will never have that same experience like the first time you play through a game yeah I totally agree and I kind of had that experience when I played through Horizon Zero Dawn when you get to the end and you're about to do that final fight I was like oh man I just want to go back and redo everything so that i can stay in this world for that much longer yeah luckily there is so much to do in inquisition that you can really just go off and do something completely different one of the things that i really enjoyed about this game was the crafting system for your equipment how whatever you craft like it looks different like you select the pommel of a sword and the blade and the hilt and stuff and it you literally create your own sword and i always thought that was so cool depending on your 
what metal you use it can you you really make your own weapons and i i, I thought that was really cool in inquisition yeah i did <clears throat> i don't think the first time i played through i i really understood the crafting system because i do think it's a little bit complex yeah. in the game um especially because as you're traveling around you can pick up all these different herbs and plants and stones and rocks and all these mm. kind of materials and minerals um, that will affect whatever you're crafting in a completely different and magical way. Mm-hmm. So the the first time I played through, I did not take advantage of that at all. Um, and I think playing it through once is a good experience because you kind of get to touch on the game. But I think yeah. this game in particular definitely needs one more playthrough to kind of understand the more complex UI system and crafting mm-hmm. system and that kind of thing. Now, were there any big story moments that really hit you hot? Like, what's your favorite story beat or story moment from this game? Um, I'd say I loved the side story of Cassandra and Varric. Um, I found their relationship just very sweet. Uh, Cassandra's just such a badass, and she's mm-hmm this woman in charge and she doesn't like to show emotion and Varric is a little bit more playful and goofy and sarcastic. And when you find out that Varric on the side is this like kind of famous romance novel novelist, mm-hmm. I found that so endearing that Cassandra has been a longtime fan and she never spoke to him about it. And I, Again, I didn't find that side quest the first time through. And then the second time through, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I have to know everything about this story between the two of them. It was just so sweet. And it made me laugh. And I was like, this is just a delightful moment when you're just kind of battling all the time and trying Mm -hmm. to get demons and working out this mage Templar war. And then in the meanwhile, you just have this romance novel that's bringing these two friends together. I just found really sweet. Yeah, moments like that really did a lot for this game because you need you need there's a lot of dark moments in this game too specifically like the fall of haven when your burgeoning resistance inquisition just gets wrecked and yeah. destroyed and all that so and which is one of my favorite parts that part that story part blew me away when that happened it's like oh my gosh, and you have to like rescue villagers and you have to try and save as many as you can and people are just dying everywhere. And at this point, these are villagers and citizens that you have started to grow accustomed to and kind of develop relationships with that you've seen walking around and tending to the area and have helped you out. And you see them just being butchered and it's just like, oh my gosh. And that's this was the part where everything really the gravitas and kind of the weight of the situation in hand really hit me where it's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, I get to explore and see what's in this world and I can craft or I can collect herbs. And then this happens and suddenly it's just like, there, there is stuff going on here. Like, yeah. Whoa. And it really pulls you in that emotional connection to seeing everything happen really pulled me into just this game particular um, and just everything going on and to have that be balanced out with those more fun moments and character specific side quests, like you mentioned with the Varric and Cassandra, 
it was it was a good balance i felt overall in this game yeah <clears throat> and also i just think like um because that happens quite early on mm -hmm. i feel like in the game when haven is destroyed um the idea that you're able to rebuild this mm -hmm. society and these people and help them and um was just really satisfying i think okay. a lot of players probably enjoy that kind of uh, thing of rebuilding and being able to choose and build and um, design your own space. Mm -hmm. I found that very satisfying to do. Uh, so I really enjoyed building the castle, like oh, throughout Skyhold. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was so great. It was like I don't know civilization within Dragon Age. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I can uh, see. That. It also kind of reminded me of. Um, kind of the base aspects of the old Sweet Coding games on PlayStation, that kind of aspect, and growing your army. Yeah, um, totally. But, oh, man, this... So, uh, I'm just remembering back to everything that happened and how the game starts. Like, I love how you just have this mark, and it's very mysterious for a good portion. Like, why do you have this mark that can close the rifts and the tears and... In that whole, that whole aspect. Mm -hmm. Another, um, I just thought another side story that I found so fascinating was the red lyrium mm -hmm. and the stars. Um, I just didn't expect it. It got so dark, especially following uh, Commander Collins' story, because um, that was the first time I went through. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a romance with Colin, obviously. Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously but yeah like finding out that he was uh addicted to this red lyrium that it was just so intense and so dark and i was like wow this game got i don't know i just didn't expect it especially mm -hmm. while you're building sky holes and then he comes out and says that you're like oh so there's a there's really everything in this game yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going there. Okay, let me uh, pour myself a drink and exactly. let's see where this goes. I was like, tell me your story, Colin. Uh, did, now, did you play any of the DLC stuff for this? No, I didn't. I haven't either. No, I again, I should just go back and replay everything from the beginning. Get those tro Luckily, you didn't lose all your trophies, though. <laughs> that's those are tied to your account and not your, your saves. Yeah, that's true. Also, I remember like having to restart the game so many times right off the bat because my character creation wasn't like you would create your character in the beginning mm -hmm. um, or customize your character. And then that cutscene would start in the beginning. And I was like, Whoa, that's not what it looked like when I customized her <laughs> in the menu. So I would literally just go back and delete and just start mm -hmm. over to, try to get my character looking right. Because the worst thing is when you create a character and like halfway through, you're like, Man, that face is so annoying to me. <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! I've made a fugly person. <laughs> yeah, like I can't get this out of my head. Like I think the first time I played through, mm -hmm. I um, I had like tinted her lips like a really pale pink or something. But then for some reason, when the cutscene started, it was full on Barbie pink, and I was like, I can't do this. Oh I can't man! Sixty plus hours. Of this face. Like, we have to go close the rifts? <laughs> like... Oh, this is the freaking Inquisitor. 
Barbie. Now that is a Barbie I would buy. Inquisitor Barbie. Oh yeah, badass. I mean, get, oh it. yeah, give Barbie like a big sword and or like a mage staff and stuff, and have her like fight some demons. Hell yeah, I yeah, buy it. I all those collector editions. I want to see that now. I want to see should... Dragon Age Inquis- Inquisitor Barbie. We should do that. We should. Business plan. There's, I want to say there's, someone do, does like custom Barbies or something. Just hit them up, be like, hey, Inquisitor Barbie, let's go. I feel like you could kind of make your D&D character an Inquisitor Barbie. Oh, you could. You would have to almost do that, the Barbie kind of like, oh. now would you do like Valley Girl Barbie voice? Or would you do like, <laughs> aqua barbie girl voice oh that's a good question probably neither because how can you imagine doing a D game with that voice every time your character spoke i could imagine it but i can also imagine the horrendous and horrible situations an annoyed dm would put said character in just to kill that character yeah but also props to whoever that person is. Yeah. I feel like that would be a hard thing to keep going with day after day. Oh, yeah. It, it would be one of those things you would have to spread out like every other week, kind of how my D&D session goes. Every other week for like two and a half, maybe three hours a session. Yep. I haven't, played, I haven't played my D&D game in a while. Or yeah. usually we go like once a month, but it's been... It's been a while now. Yep. Poor yep. Gambit is getting lonely. Uh, yeah. Uh, I recently thought it would be a hilarious and awesome idea to play a character whose mind was shattered into six different personas, each as a different character, class, and alignment. Oh, wow. It was a lot of fun, but let me tell you, when you level up and you have to level up six characters at once instead of just one, it makes for a bit of an annoying time. Yeah, and also just keeping track of all your... Personas, personalities. Yeah. yeah, that's that's commitment. Each time I rolled a nat one, I had it was like a mind shift, so I would instantly change my character, like who I'm playing as. That would be so cool. It was. It was. It's definitely one of the more unique ideas I've come up with with a character. Um, but th- this past week, we, the DM had, I picked my character picked up like a relic or an artifact that sent me into my mind where each of the other players in our group played as a persona of myself and we fought to the death and one persona won out so now i only have one character again wow that is quite the story i know right <laughs> well Side done quest yeah <laughs> but but anyway yes dragon age yeah dragon age inquisition oh man man So what, if you had to pick a not magical elf person, what would be like the next character you would be willing or you would be interested to potentially try someday? Kunari. Yeah. Yeah. I just think they're, they're so cool. Like they're so badass and I like their, um, well, again, going back to Iron Bull, I just really like his Mm -hmm. backstory and, um, I'd like to learn more about his race. Could you be a Kunari in the previous Dragon Ages? I don't remember about two. You cannot be it in one, though. Okay. But you, I mean, you get a Kunari 
character in your party who mm-hmm. is actually that fleshes out kind of the culture a, a lot of Kunari's. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, in the, in, 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 oh gosh, in Inquisition, mm-hmm. um, the combat system, you know how you can pause it and plan yeah. it out and then play it. Did you use that while you played? I didn't. Um, like I messed around a little with it, but just being on a controller, I felt it didn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself, I used it a lot more with Dragon Age Origin, which I primarily played through my, my main playthrough on that was on the PC version where it just fit much better with mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but if my, if the AI companions were kind of being idiots, I would pause and give them directions, but I wouldn't do the overhead, the overhead pause and view. Yeah. No, I was only asking because I remember like in the beginning, it gives you this tutorial and, uh, with the first couple demons that you battle and I didn't use it at all in any of my playthroughs. I just mm-hmm. found switching from one character to the other worked best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just wondering because it seems to be like quite a big part of the game and how the combat system works. And I was like, I was maybe some of the bosses maybe I wouldn't have had such a hard time with it if I had used it, but I, I haven't really spoken to anyone who actually really used that system when battling. Yeah, I get, for me, I had played a bit of kind of the Baldur's Gate games and older ones that was much more geared, like that was the only system. I love Baldur's Gate so much. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance especially was like one of my favorite games. Yeah, that's definitely more like the action RPG yeah aspect or kind of game type but yes i loved it when you walked through the water and the water would make that really cool Mm -hmm. effect great games yes yes they are um but i would i guess i i primarily was in the third person over the shoulder mode action gameplay but Mm -hmm. i would especially for bosses and stuff i would switch briefly over if I noticed that the AI wasn't doing anything like particularly good or they were annoying. Or if I needed to be healed, I would pause it, switch over to them and force them to heal me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if I wanted to set up a specific combo, um, I would do that as well. And I just felt I could do that quicker in the overhead kind of pause menu because while games pause, I can assign a bunch of different actions to everybody to just do when I unpause. So I felt... It had its uses, but I never played it solely in that mode. Because you can still point and click and everyone will run over and do things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Maybe I'll try it again. It, it, may, it just adds a bit more tacticality, if that's a word, to the gameplay. Yeah. Um, and especially being able to assign commands to your entire party and then have them do it is what I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I approached it. Sure. But I think you, I think you would probably have an easier time with some bosses if you did utilize it at least a little bit for mm-hmm. those uh, for those situations where you want everyone to do a specific thing kind of all at once, like someone buff your party, someone heal your party, and then have Iron Bull and your other tank or yourself kind of pull aggro from the boss 
Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe it'd be handy for the 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 more difficult high dragons. Mm-hmm. We aren't the only people that really like Dragon Age Inquisition. And I have to say, shout out to uh, the Bioware and Dragon Age subreddits who completely delivered on submitting tons and tons of fantastic memories and moments from Dragon Age Inquisition you guys, gals, and everybody liked. We got over 100 comments sharing your ideas, so we couldn't, unfortunately, get to them all. But here we go with six that particularly stood out to me. We're going to start over in the Bioware subreddit with Cremelia, uh, Cremalia? Sorry if I butchered it, but they said, I was always told by my parents that the best day of summer vacation was the first day because you knew that you had a world of adventure ahead of you. Well, the moment I pressed new game and the explosion ripped through the Temple of Sacred Ashes, it felt just like the first vacation day. A great big adventure was just waiting for me. Oh, that's so sweet. I know, right? And it yeah. is like that, the moment you press start in, in these kind of games, where it's the world's your oyster, or your oyster, whatever that saying goes. The, the world's free to you, and there's so much to do in this game. Yeah. Uh, it is emotional. And that press start, and then you suddenly see an explosion, was is quite the powerful moment. Um. To begin a game with, I think. Yeah, and obviously there's there's nothing like your first playthrough, but it's nice to know that with this game, because it's so special, the mm. second time you'll just discover and uncover completely new parts that you hadn't uncovered the first time, so you kind of get that replayability factor. Oh, yeah. It, and things dr can drastically <laughs> happen differently, so it is very much a whole new game, and Especially when you get into playing different characters or different classes, it is each time, at least for the first few times, it is a whole big new adventure waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Want to take the next one? Yeah. Oh, one second. All right. Um, Hawkeye out from the Bioware Reddit. Um, Honestly, it's not a moment in the game specifically, but Inquisition was the first DA game I ever played, the first Bioware game I ever played, and I knew nothing about the fandom or games, and it was just really awesome getting to go into the game blind and be so excited about it. Favorite moment once I had played all the other games and gotten into everything was seeing Hawk in the game again. I had gotten super attached to Hawk, so once I played Dragon Age Inquisition with my own keep information, and I just had that connection to Hawk. It was just so neat to me. Also made it a lot harder to leave him in the fade. That's really interesting because I because I didn't get to play the first one. Um, not didn't get to, I just didn't. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> but uh, I didn't connect much to Hawk. I found him kind of interesting, but I never delved into his story. So this makes me want to go back and play the first one again because um, I could tell when playing that mm -hmm. this character was known in the universe um but i didn't really have any particular connection to him so this is really good to know well hawk is, is your playable character in dragon age 2 
Oh, I see. He's the main one. Yeah, he is who you play as. Like, your Hawk character is your created character in Dragon Age 2. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. And that makes me more excited now to go back and play. Mm-hmm. And it'll make me more excited to go back and play Inquisition again so I can yeah. go meet Hawk and be like, what's up, buddy? I remember you. Hey, I was you. It's You're, you're like the doctor from Doctor Who. You're seeing one of yeah. your past selves. It's the 50th <laughs> anniversary of Doctor Who when, when they team up. Totally. But, but yes, please, just touching a bit on this, when Hawk appears or Morgan and uh, Alistair and people from Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, it is such, having played through the previous games and then seeing them appear again in Inquisition, it is such a special and rich moment that I think you will really get a kick out of. And with being able to carry over and kind of tell what your story was in those games and have it reflect in Inquisition. Mm-hmm. So good. It adds so much. And you do get those those feelings and those, any decisions you make revolving those, those old characters really make it even more impactful. And I mean, like uh, Hawkeye mentioned, the choices with Hawk, and that's literally someone you have spent... 60, 80, 100 plus hours being and being able to and making those choices. It is, it really, really adds. But like you mentioned, even for players that didn't play the previous games, it's an interesting character you were intrigued by and that you wanted to know more. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I think I, they did a really good job with this where you didn't need to play the previous games, but you get a lot out of it if you have. Um, yeah, which definitely. I, which I think is really cool. Next from the Bioware subreddit is Katsio Poditori. Just heads up, I absolutely love your Assassin's Creed pun name, but with cats. Uh, that's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, and they said, I played Dragon Age Inquisition during one of the happiest periods of my life. So every time I think of a location in Dr- Inquisition, I get those happy vibes again. Somehow, especially the Emerald Graves. Also, I really loved all the tinfoil hat theories on YouTube. Dragon Age as a whole, and Inquisition specifically, have contributed contributed a large part of who I am today, and I will forever cherish that. And an edit? And to my shame, although I'm working on owning it, reading all the really great romance fanfics after I finish the game four times, but still craved more. No shame. No, no shame, shame at all. Nope. You do you. <laughs> Shame-free zone. Live it up. Yeah. I always love reading comments like this on how uh, an RPG helps someone get through a, a difficult period in their life or a happy, just contributed to a happy part of their life and who they are. And when people say that haven't played games or aren't really into games... They kind of shrug him off. It's like, game, video games can be video games, tabletop, uh, board games, card games, whatever. There's so much more than just games, I think. Um, yeah. The the meaning and the messages and the connection to these characters that, like we've mentioned, and with uh, your fascination and your love of the story between Varric and Cassandra or Iron Bull's backstory, it's these are so much we attribute them big moments in these games to what's going on in our lives at the time and they really come to mean something special 
as as we get older and kind of look back on things, we we can really attribute special times to these games. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, <coughs> reading reading Cazio Potatore. <laughs> I still love it. I love it. Uh, reading that one. I think so. When this came out, I was living in Los Angeles for two years, um, or approximately, uh, and I think I also just have a really positive association with the game. And I didn't really think about it until reading this because um, I remember it was still being new. The place I was at was still exciting. Um, I had probably been working. <clears throat> I think I was a producer's assistant then. But generally, I just had a really, I think at that time, it was just a positive life experience happening. And while playing the game, I think maybe that's why I kind of cherish this game as well. So that was also really interesting to read. I hadn't really thought about it that way or why I'm so connected to this game. Good times. Games. <laughs> Makes the world better in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, shifting. Oh, oh, you're up next. That's right. All right. Um. <clears throat> Vacrian, Vacrian from the sub or subreddit for Dragon Age. Um, it feels weird to call it my favorite moment given its context, but it was the moment Dorian revealed why he didn't speak to his father anymore. I loved Dorian from the moment I met him with the mages, and when I realized he was a romanceable option for my male inquisitor, I about died. I was so excited. I loved the banter between the two, the flirting back and forth. Then What's-Her-Name said that his father was trying to find him and that I should bring Dorian to him. I brought Dorian without telling him, thinking I would help him reconcile and there would be sunshine and rainbows. Then Dorian told me what his father tried to do and my heart broke. The anger, the pain, the betrayal. As a gay guy who grew up in a disapproving home, I have never before or since that moment seen a major video game dare to tell a story like that. I think it's the only game that has ever elicited such a visceral emotional response for me and I will never ever forget that moment. So this is, this is something that I also, uh, I didn't encounter the side story until my second or third playthrough. Um, and I remember being uh, affected by it as well. Um, granted, I am, I am straight, uh, but I just, I had never really seen that either in games, and I, um, unfortunately, I didn't realize how, like, like, visceral, like he says it was, that moment, and it was very, um, it just affected me greatly, uh, and I remember reading about it, and then I found out what a big deal Dragon Age Inquisition actually was, because it was, um, it did take a step towards this inclusion. Um, and I know uh, I'm so glad that it was able to affect um, certain people in this certain way. And hopefully games will take much more steps further with the inclusion of um, everyone, as many people as we can. But uh, I do remember reading about how this was, Dorian was such an important character in the video game uh, world. Yeah, and... Um, Vakarian or Vakarian's message, and that he he could relate, and horribly that he can relate that he had to go through that, but that there was a character that he did love, that he really gravitated towards to that. This kind of just really cemented that games need kind of characters that everyone can feel uh, can relate to and 
grab a hold of and and, and love and just enjoy the character. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that, Vakrian. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really amazing thing, and I'm I'm very happy that that moment was such a big step, and I hope. Uh, further with video games and movies and everyone can find that character that they relate to on this kind of visceral emotional level um i think everyone deserves that moment and um yeah that makes me yeah that makes me happy mm -hmm. to read that everyone deserves their own dorian yeah yeah they definitely do next up on the dragon age subreddit your skating hobbit everything nice. pretty much I was totally and utterly captivated by it. I'd already played Origins and 2. I did enjoy them, but not as much as I... <clears throat> I did enjoy them, but not as much as I did the other games. So I played Inquisition very late, July 2019. It was on my games I'll eventually get around to playing list forever. <laughs> now it's on my why did I sleep on this game for so long list. In my PSN wrap-up of the year, Dragon Age Inquisition came in as my most played game at well over 300 hours in the five months that I had it. I definitely want to go back and replay the whole series from the start. As much as it broke my heart, I loved romancing Solus. I'm a sucker <laughs> for accents, lambic pentameter, excuse me, and eloquence. <clears throat> a lot of... I huh? <clears throat> iambic pentameter. Oh, iambic. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I am a lot of a lot of his interactions with Levian also reminded me of my own boyfriend which helped me get invested into it and therefore be devastated by how that arc played out. I've said this before but I wept through the entire final scene with him in Trespasser aided by the gorgeous and desperately sad music. Garrus voice performance in the sec in second to none in that scene too. It's music I would love to skate to and it made it was made to be skated to. I'm guessing this person is a ice skater. Yeah, it sounds like it. I, really, I want to hear. <laughs> I know. I really loved everything that concerned anything Elven. Exploring the lost temple of Derimethan, Derthamen, sure. Derthamen, the <laughs> Emerald Graves as a whole, the lost temple of Mythol, all were highlights for me. I love languages, so 100% I would be all over an Elven language dictionary. I've always found the take Dragon Age lore has on elves to be really interesting. One, the world building of Thetis in general is incredible. Also, I live for atrocious bear puns. When judging Storvecker in Jaws of Hakan, there was one of that was one of my many laugh out loud moments. So yeah, we really didn't talk anything about uh, the big Solus part and how that all went down and. That could be back in Dragon Age Four, uh, from what they've teased. So, what was yeah. what was that big moment for you? Like, how did you so, react to it? This is really interesting, actually, because I barely remember this. I I remember <laughs> I tried multiple times to romance Solus, but I just could not connect with him. Mm -hmm. I constantly said something that would like annoy him, and then he would stop talking to me. Um, so I love reading this because it just reminds me of everyone is so different and everyone has such a, like connections with completely different things that I just either didn't have interest in or I tried and I freaking failed because Solus was just not into me. Um, 
but yeah, this this is really interesting because I was reading this and I was like, what? I don't even <laughs> remember this moment. But I will say the music, uh, 100%. It's one I love soundtracks and scores. And Trevor Morris did the, the score to this game, and it's absolutely amazing. It is very, very good. Do you remember this moment? Uh, no, I remember like Solus turned out to be the big bad, like. But specifics, no, I, I'm kind of hazy. I, I've never really used Solus either in my party. Mm-hmm. Um. So I always kind of went more the Vivian route in my party for for mage goodness. Yeah. And Sarah, or Sarah was the archer, but um, yeah, never really used Solus too much. His his bald head kind of freaked me out. Like just <laughs> a little too creepy looking, I guess. <laughs> he was a little bit creepy looking. Nothing against bald people. You're beautiful too. It's just yeah, it's something about Solus, and it, yeah, I guess it proved right. He was kind of creepy. But... Yeah, something about that elven mage. Being all spooky with their bald heads. Well, some. All right. uh, The last one from the Dragon Age subreddit. Unholy Demigod. The Battle of Haven. Up until that point, the game had simply been all right. Cool gameplay changes, great graphics, but the story was basically non-existent so far. Then, out of nowhere, you're attacked by an entire goddamn army. Shit hits the fan, and you're saving civilians, fighting red lyrium monsters. Then a fucking arch demon, but not really, appears and blows you up. The corf, wait, Corypheus, then Corypheus proceeds to walk through the fire, pick you up like a toy, and deliver the greatest villain monologue I'm yet to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I touched on the battle even and how it happens quite early on in the game uh, when you think like, oh, wow, I've played a lot of this game so far and great, here's a battle. But meanwhile, it's probably just like a sixth of the game. Um, But that was a really intense battle and it was sad. You could hear screaming and fires were happening and you're like, this is the craziest battle I've ever been a part of because you hadn't really touched on something like this yet in the game. Um, And you're definitely not ready for it, but I love I love how this person describes it because it's it's absolute chaos and I totally agree that's definitely a turning point in the game where you're like wow okay here we go but once again thank you to everyone for submitting your memories and favorite moments from Dragon Age Inquisition we had tons of you sent in memories and you can check the show notes to get links to the direct subreddit posts for both in the Bioware and Dragon Age subreddits, so be sure to check those out. Leave your own memories in response to this episode. I read them. I love to hear them. Thank you again. Now let's say you've listened to all of are talking about it and the people other people from around the web and you're like man this sounds like an awesome game i want to get in on this inquisition action well luckily it's still pretty easy to find physical copies depending on the platform because this did release on ps3 and xbox 360 brand new you can still find on amazon and other online retailers for uh, the standard edition which is just the base game will net you somewhere between 10 and 20 dollars new depending on the platform And if you want the Game of the Year edition, which comes with all of the DLC, it will net you, you'll 
probably be looking at somewhere between $40 and $50 when it's not on sale. This game does like to go on sale a lot, so you can always wait for that. Used, you're looking at for the standard edition between $5 and $10, so pretty, pretty cheap. Um, a steal. Yeah, absolutely worth it. You're getting <laughs> easily minimum 50 hours plus uh, for the for the value. And then if you do get hooked, like um, Vacrian said, I believe it was, how they spent uh, 300 hours. No, it wasn't. Uh, who was it? Hawkeye? I don't remember. One of our uh, writers in mentioned how they played it last year and they've spent 300 hours on it. So for $5, 300 hours of adventure sounds like a pretty good deal. Um, digitally, you can also find it uh, on a lot of digital platforms. You can find it on the PlayStation Store for both the PS3 version and PS4 version. Xbox is the same way for the Xbox 360 and Xbox One version. And it's still on Origin. You origin, but you can get it on PC there. Now, hypothetically, you have bought the game and you're like, man, there's just so much to this game. I don't, I could really use some help. Well, we're here for you too, with some tips and advice for brand new players. So Kelsey, what advice would you give brand new players to this game? Uh, I would probably advise to talk to your characters. Um, because you'll find very interesting side quests to do along the way. Uh, and if you're if you're one of those people who wants to 100% a game or just wants to know more about different things, um, this way it kind of makes you explore more of the world rather than just focusing on the main quests. When you talk to your characters, you learn about all these other things that you can do. And that really helps the experience for you as a player. So I say talk to everyone, and that will make you kind of explore everywhere. Perfect. And my advice for new players would be feel free to play around. Once you select your class, feel free to play around with the different builds and kind of how you want your character to run. At the blacksmith, you are able to buy an item called Tactician's Renewal, which when used on a character, your own or one of your party members, you'll get all your skill points refunded and you can re-put them into different skill trees in that specific class. So just have fun. You're not locked into anything. It might cost you some gold, but you can try a bunch of things out and then refund all your points if you want to try something completely out. It's completely different. We are now on to one of my favorite segments of this show, the enemy or monster of the week. Now, Kelsey, what enemy or foe did you choose this week? I chose the Havernal, Havernal, I don't remember how exactly it's pronounced, but um, the Havernal dragon in the Emprise du Lyon uh, location in the game. Um, uh, this bastard just made me die so many times. <laughs> what about this specific high dragon stood out to you compared to the numerous other high dragons? So I remember this one so clearly because I had run into like a few here and there. This one was just, I I made it to this part of the, this part, or this area of the map. 
And um, I was just walking along and I was like, wow, I hadn't, I haven't been here before. This is really interesting. And then I just walked up to the top and there was this massive ice dragon and I was not ready for it at all. It was a whole area that was completely unexplored when I had thought I had touched on every area. So it just came out of nowhere. And this dragon was so difficult, or at least I had such a hard time beating this dragon. Well, if you decide you want to tackle this Hibernal Dragon, you can look forward to a level 19 boss fight. On normal, it will have 207,873 health, and on Nightmare difficulty, you're looking at 226,288 health. It has 59 armor, it has a greater cold resistance, but is vulnerable to fire. You can also just be aware though, they are also immune to a bunch of physical effects, fear, paralyzed, freeze, sleep, snare, and confuse. If you manage to topple it, you'll be rewarded with either intense dragon blood, dragon's tooth, dragon webbing, dragon scales, or dragon bone crafting materials. So look forward to that. And they're immune to slow. So be perceptive and be careful when stumbling around looking for dragons. And have fun. to do it for this episode of rpg university one once again kelsey thank you so much for coming on and uh talking dragon age this saturday morning with me thank you so much this was such a delight and um it was just really fun reliving mm-hmm. this game that i haven't touched in so long and it is and replaying and talking about it just makes me kind of want to replay the series now which is never easy when they're all long rpgs and i and we're busy adults <laughs> We can do it. We can do it. Yes. Nothing is impossible. It's true. With the power of friendship and winning the lottery, we will play <laughs> through everything. <laughs> everything. But I was just thinking back like as we were talking, it will next year, it will be a decade that we've known each other. That is nuts. I am a 30-year-old woman now, and when we met, we were mere children. We were you were younglings. Yeah. When did we meet? Uh, I like started 20- in... I moved up to Michigan State January of 2011. And like my first day of classes, we met. Wow. We were babies. Look at us now. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. Well, we're yeah. adults. Now. Where did that decade go? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Time needs to slow the fuck down is all I got to say. Yeah. I got to slow things down. We, we spent it playing amazing games. Yeah. And now we get to talk about them. So that's super cool. And when this goes up tomorrow, we will be talking again about games at our PAX East panel. Yeah. We'll be talking more about excited. RPGs. So, you know, sweet. Crazy. Crazy. But yes, 
that will bring this episode to a close. I want to thank all of you, those who that have stayed so far and are continuing to listen. You have returned light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to use that new job class to hunt down those high dragons. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service as each rating will renew a leaf on the mana tree, causing it to bloom and restoring balance and saving the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. If there's an RPG you would like us to talk about, tweet at Irrational underscore pod with the hashtag RPGU with what that game is, and we might feature it on a future episode. Once more, super awesome, Kelsey. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, what do you got cooking? Anything cool coming up? Or... Um, well, we just released Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. Uh, so go and play that. And next, I guess I will see some of you at PAX East. Uh, we will be there with a booth and I will be on your amazing panel. The best and most annoying RPG tropes. So look forward to that at 4.30 p.m. on Friday in the arachnid theater so we hope to see you all there and until next time everybody thanks for stopping by class dismissed